this out. Um, I'm going to go one better on his offer to stop by the Connect Center, fill out a Connect card when this is over. If you stop by the Connect Center at the end of the service, you can meet me back there. <laughs> and there's gifts. There's gift. No, the, the good part is not meeting me. The good part is I will give you stuff that you can take home with you. And it's like you fill out a card, and I'll give you some stuff, and it's cool. And in the meantime, uh, there's stuff back there. we got Kaladis, fresh brewed Kaladis back there. Go grab yourself some coffee. There's pastries. There's good stuff back there. It's all right. All right. Profound, not profound, I don't know, but I will tell you this. When you put, you know, some of us, some of us are very auditory people. We learn by hearing. Some of us are visual people. And a lot of times, you know, as visual folks, um, you know, some of you may not remember this because I haven't done it in a while, but I used to like to employ movies, something I know, something I'm familiar with. And in our context of our culture today, movies can be like a parable was to Jesus. You take something deep in the Bible and try to explain it to people, and they're like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, I did it once. I did it once like this. I was telling the story of Gideon. Gideon. I'm like, and somebody's like, I don't, what are you? I'm like, okay, put it like this. Gideon, the story of Gideon is the Magnificent Seven. And somebody just went, oh, snap, it is the Magnificent Seven. And Gideon, Gideon is little horse buckholes, the little Mexican farmer guy who goes out and recruits Magnificent Seven. So it sticks with you. What I'm going to bring to you this morning, I don't know if this is profound, but I'll tell you, the first time I saw this was about 35 years ago. And it has stuck with me to this day because it made that much of an impact. I was like, oh, I get it. And so I'm hoping you will take something with you this morning and it will make some sense to you. And then going forward in the future... Every time this scripture, every time this concept comes up to you, you're going to go, the Rice Krispie. So not profoundly corny, profoundly ricey, because I'm using Rice Krispies this morning. Okay, full disclosure, it's not like Rice Krispies. It's like crisp rice or crispios, ricey crispios. I don't know. It's... It's an, elus- it's, it's an illustration. I'm not going to drop eight bucks on a box of cr- Rice Krispies, so... Um, and one of the cool things I want to point out to this, it just occurred to me as I was, as I was, I've done this before, as I was kind of retreading it, I'm looking back over it, I'm like, what worked last time, what can I get rid of, how do I want to come at this fresh? And something I realized is that uh, I'm going to be talking to you this morning about the context of our precious time. Time is the most precious commodity we have because there is nothing you can do to get time back. Oh. Which, you know, at my age, you just look back on life on all the wasted time, and it was like, boy, what would my life be like if I hadn't wasted all that time? Because I haven't thought about all the time I have yet to waste. So, (laughs) But the other interesting thing about this is uh, what I want to share with you this morning is just as easily transferred to the topic of money. And so I'm going to be talking to you about time, but as we're going through, I want you to, to kind of review in your own mind, which which is more of an issue in my life right now, my time or my money? And I think this speaks to either one equally. So God has, if you have a time issue or a money issue, God has something to say to you this morning. 
And um, if you think you don't have a time issue or a money issue, God still has something to say to you this morning, just maybe not through me, but we'll see. So, this is life. You can fill life with as much as you want, and we fill life with stuff. And, and we have like, and, and there's so much. Have you ever stopped and looked at your life and, and tried to estimate how much of your life is just your time is filled with nonsense? Just nonsense. Just like, okay, I remember this used to be a thing back in the day, but God, praise God, I, I don't have to. Anybody have like work meetings? Oh, are they still terrible? And and they always are almost never useful. And nine times out of ten, they go about a half time longer than they need to. Okay. And it's still a thing that there will be always one person. You know, you you feel it coming. You collectively, as a group, you feel the meeting is drawing to a close. Every notebooks have started to be shut, and we've clicked our pens closed, and we're ready to, and then somebody, and God have mercy on your soul if it's you. There's always that one person got to ask the one more question or raise the one more point, and all of a sudden you're going, that's another 20 minutes right there. And you want to throttle the person, you're like full metal jacket with like the soap in the sock kind of thing? Maybe that's not going to be used. But, yeah, okay. So work meetings, just obnoxious nonsense. And then there's, there's uh, what are the kind of, you know, I should, I should replace this with a ball. This should get its own ball. But, like, the cell phone. Ooh, how much of your time. Nobody wants to think about this, how much time is actually spent on your cell phone with just useless stuff. TikTok. How many are how many are TikTokers? All right. China knows everything about you. They have your bank accounts now. How many of us are wiser and we get our TikTok like two weeks later, but we go get it through the Instagram? Yeah, right there, bro. And then anybody anybody still do the Facebook thing? Okay. All right, okay, cool, 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 cool. No, that's all right. Uh, and then there's just, there's the unaccounted for, the, the just the random, you know, there's I got to go to the store, I got to change my tires, I got to clean out the garage, I got to, and then just the stuff that we didn't see coming, stuff that just appears, the stuff that's like, I am in the midst of a busy day, I have my day plotted beginning to end, and end is about two hours after I go to bed because that's how much I have in my schedule, and then that's going to be the day when... It shows up. Just something dumps in the middle of your day. It throws everything off. And it's terrible. And life is full. And then that's just the unaccounted for stuff. That's just the randomness of life. But then we got we got bigger stuff, right? We got what would, what would be a big thing in life that requires time? Okay, do, ooh. Yeah, no. Taxes is still in. I'm going for something bigger. I hope we have something bigger. 
job, work. That's that's a big one, right? That's still, you know, it's like a 40-hour-plus a week, right? That's, that's a huge time suck. I'm not saying it's useful. It takes a lot of time. So we got to put that in the mix. What else? Really big one. It's really a little disconcerting. Nobody mentioned this in, in the first pass. Family. Oh, and some of you just went, ooh. And some of you are now aware somebody's sitting right next to you, and they didn't get in the first pass of the most important thing in life. Uh, I don't do counseling, so work that out in the car on the way home, assuming you're not walking. Okay, so family. What else? Really big. I think somebody said it. Dogs. Well. Somebody. I mean, just, just. Just by time alone. Somebody over here went to sleep. I I have to I I gotta I gotta I gotta put this in. I gotta I gotta put this. You people do not get enough sleep. And I cannot tell you uh, the the more I've I've looked into this, the more I've read up about it in in recent years. The lack of sleep we are getting is destroying us as a people. And do you know why you're not getting enough sleep? Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, stop it. You need to get sleep. You, you need to be, I'm serious, you don't want to hear this, you need to be getting like eight hours a night. If you're not getting at least eight hours a night, you are doing damage to the system. Get some sleep. And then, okay, so the big one, big balls, we've got, we've had family, we have sleep, we have work. There's another one that, that should be a little bit bigger than, than the Rice Krispies. Food. Food. <laughs> I'm not gonna say I can agree with you on that one, Jim. <laughs> yeah, I can agree with you on that. That's not what I'm, what I'm going for. It's kind of like family. Kind of like family, kind of like church. Friends, yes. Friends are still a thing out in the world, right? Yeah, but not as much as they used to be. None of us has the depth or number of, of, of relationships in life we need to anymore. And that's, that's one more thing that's just destroying us as people. But, okay, so now we, we got this bowl full. We got family, we got friends, we got sleep, we got work. We got all the other randomness of life. And then, anybody want to guess? God. Amen. Amen. And that is what a complete life looks like, right? Uh Uh-oh. The lid don't go on. Uh Uh-oh, there's not enough room for everything. Uh Uh-oh, something's got to go. Here's where we run into the problem. What goes? God. Why does God go first? Because God understands, right? God is loving. God is forgiving. God is merciful. God understands. 
And so all those things about God that have caused God to be a blessing in our life are the very things we use to then put God aside. God, I just don't have time for you today. I'm sure you understand. God, I don't have time for you today, but you're forgiving. God, I don't have time for you today, but you're merciful. And so we just put God to the side, just for a day, just for a day. But you know what happens when you make, when you make a hole about the size of God just for today? You fill it up with other stuff. And then, just random editorial comment, when things are still a little tight, what do we then put aside? What's the next thing to get put aside after God? Family. Why? Family understands. Family loves us. Family allows us to get away with it. The most important people in our life are those we are most likely to kick to the curb when it's inconvenient. I'm not the only one thinking that's not right, right? And yet, we've all been there. And we looked at it, and it got really quiet in here, didn't it? And yet we look at that, and we understand it's not right. And we understand it shouldn't be that way. And we understand that's what not what God wants for us. God said he was going to give us an abundant life, and that is not what life looks like. It's not even real Rice Krispies, for God's sake. Yet that's the life too many of us are living. So what do we do? What is the answer? How do we transform this mess into the life God wants us to have? Probably an appropriate time to hit the Bible. Because there's an example just like this. I'm going to read it, but then I want to tell it, because telling it's more fun than reading it. So Luke, chapter 10, picking up in verse 38. Now, as they went on their way, Jesus and dudes entered a village. Jesus never went anywhere on his own. There was always an entourage. He was like a rock star. And a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she and her sister called Mary. She, and she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary. You are troubled about many things. One thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion which will not be taken away from her. So Jesus comes to town with all his guys, Jesus and 12 guys. And they show, it just says they came to town, cut to black, cut to opening scene. They are now in somebody's house. Preparing to have a dinner. I don't know what happened in that transition, but I guarantee I 99 and 
infinite number of decimals percent sure, it was a dude. Dude went up to Jesus and dudes and said, you guys totally have to come to my house. You could come to my house and have dinner at my house. He was so proud. He was so happy to have Jesus and guys come to his house for dinner. He was like, it would be my honor. It would be my honor to have you come to my house for dinner. And then something in his brain clicked and he went, oh, whoops. Because, see, he can't, he can't withdraw the, the, the invitation because that would just not be cool. So he goes running. He's running to his house where he is brother, probably, with Mary and Martha. And he's like, don't be mad. I just invited like 13 guys over for dinner, and they're going to be here now. This is just the way things were. I'm not advocating. I'm not taking a position. But it fell to the ladies of the house to out of nowhere produce a meal for 13 guys plus idiot brother, and I don't know how many hangers on. So they jump into action as women through the ages have done. Not saying it's right, I'm just saying it's what happened. And so there's Mary and there's Martha. Obviously, you can see from the way it played out, Martha's the older sister because she's reliable and responsible and she gets stuff done. So she's going to work. You can see her. She's sweating. She's got flour on her face. I assume they used flour. It's on her face. She's got stuff on her hands. She's doing that thing. She's wearing a, 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 the bandana kerchiefy thing because that's what she would have on her head because it's me telling the story. So that's what she had on her head. And, of course, there's like the stray hairs that are just everywhere, and she's trying to blow them out of her face and stuff on her hands, and she's bustling around the kitchen, and she's trying to get stuff done, and she's trying to figure out how to make enough food for all these guys, what she had in the refrigerator, because she hadn't done any shopping yet because she hadn't expected 13-plus guys to show up at her house for dinner. She takes a pause. And, ladies, I'm right there with you. I get it. I am, I am the go-to holiday cook with my family, so I'm right there. Me, personally, I don't want anybody in the kitchen because you're just going to get in the way. She stops. She looks around. She is all alone in the kitchen. She's like, what the see? And she goes, and she does this number right here. And she's looking out the doorway into the living room. And Jesus is sitting in a chair. He's surrounded with guys. He's talking. He's teaching. I, it's probably like one of the best things Jesus ever taught, but they don't even record what that was because the story is so much better. And, and in my picture, like Jesus sitting here, Mary, the younger sister, is sitting at his feet, and she's just like, she's taking it all in. She's listening to every word. And I imagine like right in the line of sight, there's like, there's Mary, and then there's Jesus, and then there's the brother who made this all happen. And she takes a minute to dial in on Mary, and then she's looking, she's boring holes right into that brother's forehead. And he's trying to, like, be cool, but he can't be cool because he knows he did this. Finally, she's just fed up. She's had enough. She goes in, she's like, look, I don't mean to be that person, but 
Um, I'm busting my backside in the kitchen trying to make this happen, and I'm doing a really good job of it, but I could use some help. And you know who in this room should be helping me but is not? Everybody knows who she's talking about. And she's like, so, Jesus, would you do me a favor and please tell her to come in the kitchen and help me like she should have been this entire time? Everybody's on board with this. Everybody understands. This is how things played out. Quite honestly, there were probably a few guys in the room going, what is that? What is this female doing in here amongst the men? She has no business here. There's nothing being spoken for one such as her. Scurry along, girl, back to the kitchen where you belong, is what they said. Not me, that's what they said. And so Martha's like, she should be back in the kitchen helping me out. And all the guys in the room are in agreement. They're like, yeah, she should be back in the kitchen helping what's her head out. Because she had a name, but they didn't know what it was. And I just, how many times, how many times in the, in the course of Scripture is Jesus put in a situation where people are looking to him to give kind of a standard party line answer to something. And Jesus comes with something completely different. And you know, I have to imagine there came a point amongst the guys, the dudes, the, the 12, where they started to recognize Jesus was getting, it probably it was a smirk. I imagine Jesus had like a great smirk. But it was a cool, not insulting, not dismissive of people smirk. I don't know how to do that because that's not what my smirks do. But he, he would get a look and all the guys would be like, here it comes. Here it comes. He's going to do the thing. And Jesus tees up and Jesus looks up and he's like, Martha. He did not say, calm down. Because everybody knows, at least today, you don't tell a woman to calm down. Some of you, if this is the first time you're hearing that, gentlemen, I'd like you to get out a piece of paper and write this down. Never tell a woman to calm down. If you take nothing else from what I'm telling you this morning, never tell a woman to calm down. Jesus looks at me and he's like, Martha, you are so wound up. And I get it, you're, you're, you're stressed. I get it. I know he didn't tell you we were coming. I know you weren't ready for this. And you are so wrapped up. You are so busy with so many things. But to a larger point in life, you know what? There's, there's only one thing. There's only one thing that's necessary. And of all the things you're concerned with right now, the one necessity of life is not even on your radar. But it is for Mary. There's one necessity in life, and you're missing it because you're letting all the other things of life get in the way. And that's where the story ends. He doesn't even tell her what the one necessary thing is. I assume, I'm going to assume my story, Martha knew exactly what he was saying. Half, easily half of Jesus' disciples did not. They're like, like she, she has gained control of her raging emotions. 
Mary got the hint. At some point, Mary goes back in the kitchen, helps her out. They produce a stunning meal, bringing in everybody sitting around eating. Temperature of the room has dropped a little bit. Easily, half of Jesus' guys went, um, Jesus. Okay. I did not see this coming. Jesus, what's the one thing? What's the one thing? Martha got it. They didn't get it. What is the one thing that is most important? And I, I got to imagine Jesus, Jesus got the smirk and didn't answer him. He's like, you know what? I'm just going to let you guys work on that for a little while. Because here's the one thing. Here's the one thing. Matthew 6, chapter 33. And here's, here's where it came to me. Um, Jesus is in the middle of teaching the Sermon on the Mount. And at this particular point in the message, he's kind of more focused on material possessions and money. And Jesus says, but seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first his righteousness. And everything else will be added unto you. I know that's not what up there. For some reason, I always go King James when I quote that. So I'm not 100% sure what ESV says, but it's going to be something along those lines. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. What is the one thing? God is the one thing. And Jesus just said, put God first. Everything else works itself out. Well, how? Why? Why does everything all that? My time has not changed. The amount of time I have has not changed. I still got 24 hours in a day. That hasn't changed. I still got to sleep. And now you're telling me to sleep more. That hasn't changed. I still have work. I still have family. I still have friends. I still have all this other ridiculousness of what we call life. Why all of a sudden does seeking first the kingdom of God make everything else work? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Seek for yourself the rightness of God. See, when you take on in your character the rightness of God's character, it realigns everything inside you. It realigns your thought process. And once your thought process gets realigned, all of a sudden you start thinking of things, you start seeing things, you start prioritizing things the way God does. See, God comes first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Everything else will be added unto you. Everything else makes room. Everything else makes sense. Everything else fits. All right, God, you come first. I am no longer going to say God can be pushed to the side because God comes first. God is the one thing necessary. All right, God, I'm going to do it. And just in case, I am challenging you right now. 
If in your life you have made a habit of pushing God off to the side when it comes to your time or your money or whatever you view in your life as a rare, valuable commodity that you have to protect, put God first. I'm challenging you right now today. Put God first. All right. God is first. Now, when I look at all these other commitments I have, after I have put God first, what do I need to put aside? What do I need to make the second most important thing after God in my life? I will not argue with that. What do I need to put next in my life after my family? Okay, I heard enough friends to go, yeah, I think friends. I think so. What do I then need? This is where it's going to start to get tough for some of you. I already see it. Somebody's getting a little late. What needs to come next after God, after family, after friends? Sleep. Thank you. I don't know who that was. Maggie, was that you? And a child shall lead them. After God, after family, after friends, you need to put yourself You need to minister to yourself. And part of ministering to yourself is taking care of your health. Get some sleep. The TikTok will still be there in the morning. And the ones you missed overnight, they will come back in the loop. The algorithm will ensure it. And then coming in after God, after family, after friends, after sleep, distant fifth, we will allow for work. All right, all right, big mouth preacher man guy, I'll put all these things first, but then what happens? I don't know, then what happens? Are you? I don't know, let's see. Still got to get the tires changed, still got to do the taxes, still got to do the grocery shopping, still got to clean the garage, still got to do all that other stuff, nothing changed, everything else is still on my plate. God didn't get rid of anything, and yet, somehow, it all fits. I have realigned myself. I have taken on the kingdom of heaven. I have taken on the righteousness of God, and he has changed my character, and I have changed my worldview to see things as he sees things. And all of a sudden, by putting God first, everything fits. And maybe that means God realigns your thinking enough to go, you know what? Maybe, maybe, maybe I can cut TikTok down to like six hours. Maybe, maybe. I'll try. I'll try. We'll see what happens. Maybe, maybe I don't need to binge the entire season in one day. Man, I don't like the way that tasted in my mouth, but maybe it could be a thing for you. Maybe whatever it is that's just consuming my time and energy and resources but doesn't actually produce anything and doesn't uh, advance my family and doesn't advance those things that God has said is important in my life and doesn't advance my relationship with God, maybe some of that stuff just goes away because my thinking has gotten right. Whatever it is, it's not for me to tell you. It's for God to tell you. And right now, 
You have put yourself in a place where God can't tell you anything because you have removed God from the picture. God is saying, let me in. Let me straighten things out. And what I'm talking about is letting God in, making room for God in your life, making room in your life for Bible reading, for prayer, for spending time alone in silence so that you can hear from God. Making room in your life to do for yourself the same thing that if you allowed God in and you read Scripture, you would see Jesus doing things. Allow for the space to do the things Jesus did, and God will let everything else work out. He will take you by the hand and he'll say, here's how we're going to do this. And when you put yourself in that place, when you take on that challenge, when you put his kingdom first, when you seek him first, everything else makes sense. You see, what I'm talking to you about this morning is not your time and it's not your money. What I'm talking to you about this morning is your faith. Do you trust Jesus enough to put your money in his hands, to put your time in his hands, and whatever he says to do with these things, you will seek him first and do as he says. This is the challenge I leave with you this morning. So at this point, I'm going to ask the praise team to come up. We're going to do one more song. want to encourage you, if, uh, if I just got done talking, which I'm still talking, so obviously I'm not done talking, but as I was talking about that, if particularly, I find this is true in my own life, if something I've said has provoked a visceral response in you, and you just started listing in your head all the 17 ways, I'm stupid, I'm an idiot, he doesn't know what he's talking about, he doesn't understand my life. This was especially for you. Glad to talk to you about it a little bit more. Trust me, I am always glad to talk more. But I challenge you, take what you heard, take it, try it, put God first. Commit to it and see what happens. Father, thank you for this beautiful day. I pray that as we wrap up our worship this morning, Father, you would receive our worship. You would receive the instruments, you would receive the song, you would receive the praise of our hearts, Father, and that you would speak to us about whatever it was you shared with us this morning, whatever it was you wanted to say, whether through the message or through the voice of a friend. Help us, Father, to take that, to apply it to our lives, and to find what it is you want done. Help us, Father, to commit to the one necessary thing. In Jesus' name we pray.